Welcome to So Says Rick. Mostly True Stories by Rick Hall. It's time for another episode of So Says Rick. Yay! It's a very special episode, too, because just a couple days ago, we celebrated our anniversary. Our 29th anniversary. Excellent, excellent. Although, I say we celebrated it, but we were both in different parts of the country at the time. (laughs) Which happens a lot when you're a working musician and working actor. It just happens a lot of times that you can't celebrate holidays on the holidays. But you know what, though? We are not traditional about a lot of things about celebrating well like we don't give each other really amazing gifts on our on our anniversaries well they're amazing but they're just not traditional practical gifts yes oftentimes it's practical like one year rick gave me a gig bag which i loved and my friends were like he gave you a gig bag but it was a really cool gig bag it was actually a tool bag but she uses it still today and thinks about me every time (laughs) she carries crap around in a gig bag and I gave Rick bike shifters this year. Sure. <laughs> Actually, yeah. I bought them for my bike, installed them, and then on our anniversary, she said, by the way, here's a picture of your bike shifters. So, <laughs> hey, remember when I put uh, new thresholds in the living yeah, room? Yeah, finishing a job you'd started 18 years hey, earlier. Don't judge That's my gift. That's always good. There you go. When my parents were first married, my dad gave my mom for their first anniversary a mop. <laughs> it did not go over well. Oh, no. But in his defense, I, he genuinely was like, oh, but you said you needed a mop. Like, he genuinely thought that that would be a good gift. Well, there you go. So I'm one step above the romantic gift giver that your dad is. <laughs> That's right. The story this week's going to be a little bit different because Laura is going to help me tell my story. In honor of our anniversary. Is that why we're doing it yes, that way? exactly. I'll be Rick's translator because I know Rick better than just about anyone and have a pretty good idea of how his brain works. For example, when I can't find my hair dryer, I know it's probably in the garage. That's because I used it to dry some paint to make sure it would match, you know. Sure. And then after the paint was dry... It's okay, it's still in the garage, but you know where it is. If you want the hair dryer, go to the garage and get it. Duh. <laughs> For this episode, Laura's going to help me tell my story. There's a lot of farming terminology in this one, and if you didn't grow up on a farm, like me, you probably won't understand most of it. I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago, and when we were first married, Rick would sort of drill me as we were driving from Chicago down to the farm. Okay. Here's a reenactment. Laura, look out in that field. What kind of cattle are those black and white ones? The black and white ones are Holsteins. Yes. They're primarily dairy cattle. Oh, yes. When they aren't good for milking anymore, they get turned into hamburger, but it's not very good meat, so they only sell it to places like McDonald's. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. Laura, um, okay, here's a a real question. Uh, That was a real question. I know, but I was play acting before. (laughs) Now I'm just asking you a question. You ready? Okay. I'm going to put you on the spot. What are female hogs called? Okay, if they've had a litter, they're called sows. Yep. Yes, but if they're still virgins, then <laughs> virgins? if they haven't bred, okay. then they're called gilt. Right. And then, um, okay, red and white cattle. What kind of breed is a red and white? All right, they get the idea. I know, but it's so sexy when you do this, Laura. <laughs> 
It's my anniversary gift. Just talk farm to the people. So I'll be the translator for this story. It's called Farming 101. When I was a boy, my dad, our neighbor Neil Twitchell, and I were castrating pigs in a pen by the side of the road when these two hillbillies pulled up in this rusty old Chevy Impala. All right, I have to stop you already. Okay. You guys are castrating pigs in a pen by the side of the road, and hillbillies pull up? Yeah. What makes someone a hillbilly where you come from? That's actually a good question, honey, but I think it'll be answered within the body of the story. All right, I'll trust you on that. Okay. But I still want to know, is it appropriate to call someone a hillbilly? Uh, I mean, it doesn't seem exactly politically correct. Well, I know a few folks that would consider themselves hillbillies, and they're proud of it. You know, hillbillies are survivors. If they ever watched the show Survivor, they would think it was a comedy because the things they do on that show are child's play to a real hillbilly. Because, oh, a hillbilly is like a backwoods MacGyver. (laughs) So they'd use, like, duct tape and bailing wire and build a crib for their baby. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, honey. Okay, one more question. Why were you castrating the hogs? (laughs) Come on, Laura. Everybody knows why you castrate No, hogs. not everybody knows that. You need to explain. Well, okay. Uh, there are several reasons, but the main reason is that when all those male hogs start developing into boars, they get full of testosterone and it'll make the meat taste gamey. Plus, when they're in the hog lot together, they start fighting each other and breeding the gilts. I mean, it's just crazy, all the breeding and fighting that goes on. So it's like a drunken frat party. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Laura. You've put that in very easy-to-understand terms. You're welcome. Can I go on with the story now? Yes. So we're castrating pigs in a pen by the side of the road when these two hillbillies pull up in a Chevy Impala. Little wiry guy in the driver's seat and a great big fella in the passenger seat. The little guy stuck his head out the window and he said, What you doing with the seeds? Neil Twitchell piped up and he said, Well... Just going to feed them to the dogs over there. If we help you, can we have the seeds? My dad didn't want anything to do with these yahoos, but Neil thought it sounded like fun. So before my dad could say no, Neil said, sure, come on over. The two boys, they got out of the car. They pulled a five-gallon bucket out of the trunk and walked over to the pen. Got a good look at them then. Oh, boy. They had on the hillbilly uniform. They were both wearing bib overalls. And between them, I think they had probably eight teeth. The the little guy was the brains of the operation. He did all the talking. The big guy was huge, and he didn't seem too bright. Oh, so they were like George and Lenny from Of Mice and Men. Perfect. Yes. Okay. I'm okay. I'm going to call them that since I didn't know their names. So George says, Lenny, I'll help you catch him. I'll hold on to the bucket. Lenny, he was big and strong guy, but he didn't know anything about how to catch hogs because there's a right way to do it. So you can lay them on the ground and keep them from moving around too much during the operation. Nobody gets hurt that way. What is the right way? You grab them by a back leg and the front leg and lay them down and then put your knee on their shoulder. Okay. Here we go. So Lenny, he's chasing and grabbing and rolling around and falling. And and then when he would finally catch a pig, he'd have a wrestling match with a hog. And the hog very often would win. And in no time, Lenny is just covered with mud and manure. It It was quite a show. 
And at one point, he caught a hog in a bear hug, and he dropped down on the ground with a hog on top of him. His legs and his arms wrapped around the hog. Neil walked up, and he said, Roy, I don't think we're going to be able to cut this one. He's wearing blue jeans. That's when Lenny said his first words for the day. That's me. That's me. That's me. That's me. (laughs) And he just kept saying it until Neil finally stopped him. Son, son, I was just joking, okay? When we got done, Lenny picked up the bucket of seeds. They walked back to the car and put the bucket in the trunk, drove off down the gravel road in a cloud of dust. Everybody was happy. We'd done our work and got a pretty entertaining show out of it. And they were going home with a bucket of seeds. I've got one more question. Okay. It's got to hurt the hogs, right, when you're castrating them? Well, yeah, but I think I can speak from experience, Laura. Um, I've had a vasectomy, and it's pretty much the same thing. And I made it through the vasectomy, no painkillers, no nothing. So the doctor grabbed you by the leg and <laughs> threw you down on the ground. Yeah, <laughs> Pretty much like, oh, I had to lay on a on a table with my feet in stirrups. Do you have any idea what that's like? Yeah, I do, a little bit. <laughs> so, Laura... I think now that I've finished the story, I think you understand what makes somebody hillbilly. I mean, we own the pigs, but we don't eat the seeds. Right. That is an important distinction. It is. And I think when you make a tasty meal out of the seeds, they're called mountain oysters, right? Okay. Now you're just showing off. I am. I hope this story has been educational for you folks. Thank you for listening. I hope I haven't made anybody a vegetarian, but if I have... Well, at least now when people ask you, why are you a vegetarian? Now you have a story to tell them. Thanks so much for listening. It's been great to spend the time with you. Yeah, and nothing says happy anniversary more than a castrating hog story, Laura. Thanks for helping me tell that to the folks. (laughs) Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary, babe.